Live from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel, it's Inside the Jets. Brought to you by EY, building a better working world. And by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Now, here's Eric Allen and Eric Coleman. Welcome to Inside the Jets. We're broadcasting live from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Inside the Jets is presented by EY. A better, building a better working world. Eric Allen alongside my partner, Eric Coleman. Later in the show, we'll be joined by big nose tackle Steve McClendon, who had a great weekend. He signs a contract extension on Saturday. And then, oh, the big news of the weekend, the green and white finally get that elusive victory. First Nominate. victory of 2019. It was a beautiful one. One, two. With the 24-22 victory over the Dallas Cowboys. We've been saying it for weeks. Let's press pause before we make any declaration on what the New York Jets are. They got their starting quarterback back, and he felt good, like himself, for the first time this season. He completes 23-32 passes for 338 yards, has two scoring strikes, and he was fantastic. Sam Darnold, he's back. He is back, and, and it's great to see him back, you know. Uh, not only the play, you know, you talked about the, the passes, uh, the, the deep shots that he completed, but the leadership, you know, that, that attitude that he brought to the team, uh, the agility in the pocket. Talk about, we talk, everyone been talking about this offensive line all year, and then when Sam Darnold gets back there, all of a sudden all the issues are solved. You got a quarterback who can get the ball out quick. He's agile. He can move around in the pocket and, and deliver the ball. And everything is solved. So, you know, having your number one quarterback in there, back in the fold, does a lot for this team. And it, it gained them a lot of confidence. And I'm excited to see what, what happens down the stretch. So, I'm getting a play-by-play out right now. First play of the game, 17-yard strike to Demarius Thomas. And right there, Darnold said, oh, yeah, it's going to be a good day. Oh, it's on. It's on. <laughs> and, and you know what? That's a, I think that's a credit to Sam. He's been working for the last two weeks with the number ones, getting to feel his receivers. You know, whether it be in practice or a game, he got the feel for his receivers, and he didn't miss a beat. You know, you mentioned his first time being full speed. That first week he had mono, he didn't even know it. Right. And then he misses the next four games, and it was so great to see him out there with the energy that he was playing with, the accuracy he was delivering the ball with, and, uh, and just the confidence of the whole team was great to see. Okay, so he might not have the arm of Brett Favre, and he might not throw it out of the stadium like Josh Allen. But this guy has elite arm strength, and he can throw it from different angles. So that makes it easier for him to find passing lanes. And, wow, this guy has magical feet in the pocket. I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame just yet, but I'm saying when you watch him play, there's no reason not to be excited. Oh, no. You know, because he, he does a great job of delivering the ball on the run. Uh, as you mentioned, in the pocket, he can move around and maneuver uh, around the, the defenders. Uh, he did. He, it was a first and ten in the third quarter mm -hmm. when he converted a pass to Jamison Crowder. He was moving to his left, threw it to his right. Crowder makes a one-handed catch. I mean, and it just showed the agility of Sam Darnold, the accuracy. He waited, you know, he waited for Jamison Crowder to find the hole in the zone. Uh, he's accurate. He, he anticipates his receivers. Really a special player. This offense is only going to get better because Chris Herndon is going to return. And remember, he was second on the Jets last year in terms of receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. But everybody was getting involved yesterday. Demarius Thomas, he had a few catches. Robbie Anderson, five catches for 125 yards. Robbie Anderson had 11 catches through the first four games, and we had talked about him developing into a better route runner. 
Well, against the Cowboys, we saw it on display. Yeah, Robbie, you know, he can do it all. He, he can run every route in the route tree. Uh, he had that 92-yard touchdown on the stutter and go. Great route by him. Great delivery by Sam Darnold. Uh, just just it, providing big plays. But it was great to see Sam hit all these different receivers. I think on the, in the first couple drives, he hit seven different receivers. Eight receivers in all, I believe. Eight receivers. And that you know what that shows me? That he's taking what the defense gives him. He's scanning the field. He's not favoring one player. He's, he's finding the open man, taking his time. And I got to give a lot of credit to him for that. He's decisive in the pocket, too. He goes through his reads quickly. You don't see him wait too long. He knows, okay, if one's not there, I'm coming off a bit. And he makes instant decisions. Yeah, I mean, and that's what it takes, playing quarterback in this league. Everyone is so athletic in the secondary at the linebacker position that the coverage is tight. You have to throw your wide receivers open. You can't sit there and wait for a guy to get open and then throw it because then it's too late or you're getting sacked. You have on that fifth step on a five step drop, the ball has to be coming out on the third step. You know, the ball has to come out quick. You have to understand where the ball is, is supposed to be placed, only where your receiver can catch it. And Sam did an amazing job of that last week. And I'm excited to see how he progresses because that's just the beginning and, and it's just going to get better. Of course, next week he plays a tough defense. Oh, yeah, we'll get to the Patriots yeah, later. And, and he did make the cardinal mistake yep. of taking points off the board when the Jets could have put the hammer on the nail there mm -hmm. in the second half. He's going for Jamison Crowder inside the 10-yard line. Instead, that's intercepted. That leaves the door open for the Cowboys, and they mounted a charge. Yeah, he, he tried to force a slant route into Jamison Crowder, but th those things are going to happen. You know, with quarterbacks, whether it be Peyton Manning, uh, Tom Brady, they're going to give you a couple opportunities, chances are. Maybe not so much Tom Brady, but most quarterbacks are going to give you one or two chances to get an interception as a defender. So you just have to take advantage of it. And fortunately for the Cowboys, they took advantage of it. And the Jets were able to, you know, continue to, to – they put enough points on the board where it didn't really matter at the end. Everybody was talking about the usage of Le'Veon Bell earlier, saying, mm -hmm. oh, well, maybe you're giving this guy too many touches. Well, No. Because what happened Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys was the Jets were so effective with the play-action pass. Absolutely. And, and the linebackers, I saw several times Jalen Smith and, and Sean Lee biting on the play-action. They had to really honor it. And when you give the ball, when you're stubborn running the football, when you have a Le'Veon Bell back there, you have to respect that run. The safeties are going to be tighter. And that opens up the play-action shots, the Robbie Anderson, uh, the, the Demarius Thomas going across the field. Play-action sets all that stuff up, and it starts with Le'Veon Bell. And Crowder is such an explosive weapon from the slot. What we saw a few weeks ago when the Jets played New England the first time was Jamison Crowder was playing outside. Now you really have your offense starting to come together because your quarterback's back. Demarius Thomas is on the outside. Robbie Anderson's on the outside. Jamison Crowder's in the slot. And, oh, by the way, Chris Hernan's coming back. And it's going to start to open up for Le'Veon Bell. How do you think the offensive line responded? Because they got 14 behind them. He's going to make those quick decisions. He's also going to shuffle in the pocket by himself time and get the ball out quick. But, again, yesterday starting left guard Alex Lewis. Right tackle Chuma Adoga. And oh, by the way, left tackle Calvin Beecham goes out mm -hmm. in the fourth. So you have to bring in Brandon Shell, who was your starter at right tackle at the beginning of the season. He's your left tackle. And they had to hold up. And the Jets, when they had to respond, 
21-16, remember, they went down the field and they kicked in an important field goal. Yeah, you know, the offensive line really did a great job of, of coming together, communicating, being on the same page. And, and, of course, it helps to have Sam Darnold getting the ball out quick. Uh, but the running game complements that as well. And I think that as they continue to get players back healthy, as they continue to get the starters back, uh, it's just going to get better. You know, they're going to start running the football well. Uh, Le'Veon's going to – he's going to uh, peak – he's going to get over 100 yards rushing. And that's just going to make things easier for all the receivers, for Sam Darnold. You add Chris Herndon into the fold. Those are mismatches across the board. The turning point in this game, second quarter, Jets up 7-3. You got Dallas driving. They got a third and one right around the 10-yard line. You get a stuff, a run stuff there. For Alonzo Fadakasi was one of the big fellas in there on that stuff. Then it's fourth and two. Dallas, instead of kicking the field goal, they go for it. Prescott tries to maneuver outside. Terrell Basham sets the edge, and here you go. Everybody's flowing to the football. Leonard Williams had a good push, and Quinnen Williams showed his lateral ability. Everybody wanted to know, why is this rookie special? Well, he can move side to side for a big guy. That's really unique. And then you had the finisher, Jamal Adams. He makes, they combine on the tackle. Next play, 92 yards, play action to Robbie Anderson. And, and that's the importance of playing great team defense. 11 hats to the ball, you know, run like your hair is on fire. If, you, if you're not in the play, you might, you might be in the play. Someone may miss a tackle, and I think that, that urgency, that passion for the ball game is what helped get the Jets over the top. You know, you talk about that fourth and one. There were several players in on that play. Uh, Dak Prescott uh, running behind arguably one of the best offensive lines in football. They were missing two tackles. They were missing that. two tackles, but still, you know, with that being said, they still were, were running behind a great offensive line. The Jets' defense, they, they penetrated. They pursued. They, they held the gap. They helped their, their contain. Everyone did their job. Nobody's, you know, trying to be a Superman. Everyone just does their job and plays within their role, and that's how you win games. Inside the Jets is supported by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your, your New York Jets. Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman. Later, we're going to be joined by nose tackle Steve McClendon. So the Cowboys make that run in the second half after the turnover. They come down. Prescott scores with under a minute remaining. It's 24-22, and it's a two-point conversion time. If they make it, you're probably headed to overtime, or maybe that sets up for some more uh, Darnold dramatics. But Greg Williams sends the house. Six guys coming in at all. Jamal Adams has been such an effective blitzer for this team, and once again, he got to the quarterback. Yeah, it was a great play call by Greg Williams to, to bring the house. Uh, I thought Marcus May did an excellent job in coverage, not giving ground on Jason on Jason Witten. You know, as a safety, I got to talk about my, my safety and coverage. Of course you do. Because it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. You know, Jason Witten is probably 6'5", 260 pounds, and he outweighs, and he, he's taller than Marcus May, but he did a great job of holding his leverage, and the defensive line got penetration, Jamal Adams found the crack. You know, he's a former running back, too. You know, they find holes, and he does an excellent job of finding those holes, was able to get pressure on Dak and force the, the errant throw, and, and they were off the field. That's how you do it. Just how sudden is he as a blitzer? Because, you know, the big guys, they're supposed to pick up their man, their defensive lineman, but they got to keep their eyes on who's coming. It seems like every time 33 is coming, nobody can get a hand on him. Well, they can't get a hand on them because they got their hands full with the defensive sure. line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you talk about Steve McClendon, Quinnen Williams, you know, Leonard Williams, all these guys, 
you can't just block them with one hand and then let me let me go get, let me go get this safety <laughs> yeah, who's coming yeah, in fair. for the blitz. You got your hands full, and, and that that's what's really opened up the gap: the aggressiveness, the athleticism of the defensive line, the linebackers are are, are blitzing with passion, and, and really just the effort of the defense really taking on Greg Williams' attitude is what's rubbing off on this team. So you had to give your shout out to your safety. So let's talk about the play from Marcus May's vantage point. Mm -hmm. He got very physical with Witten. He's within a few yards of the line of scrimmage. What goes through your mind in coverage there? Make sure that, hey, he doesn't complete the ball, but also I don't get a penalty. Yeah, well, down there in the red zone, uh, listen, he's not running past you. Yep. you. You have to find a point uh, as a safety when that tight end's coming off the ball and find your leverage point. Am I going to be outside leverage, inside leverage? Uh, you have to pick a side. On, the, on that time, uh, Marcus chose outside leverage. He stood his ground. Jason Witten was looking to contact him and then kind of box him out. But with the pressure, Dak had to throw the ball quick. He threw it low. Marcus didn't back up. You know, a lot, of, a lot of defensive backs will make that mistake in the red zone of backing up. And then they catch the ball right at the goal line. Marcus did a great job of standing at the goal line, standing strong. And uh, it, it was just a great play overall by the whole defense. Yeah, Witten, if you watch him run routes yesterday, he's throwing the arm bar out there. <laughs> yeah. Like he's trying to create I didn't space. do that all the time. Yeah, I can't it, stand it. Like it's almost like a power forward in basketball, yeah. dropping down on the blocks, right? Uh, so what did you make of the defense's effort? That's the first time in 2019 they've given up more than 100 yards to a running back in Ezekiel Elliott. He earned it. I think they held him about 3.8 yards a carry. Mm -hmm. The Cowboys converted on third down, but what the defense did very well, I thought he was they held up in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, that's important. You, you have to hold up in the red zone, force teams to field goals. But it's just complimentary football. The defense has been playing lights out all season. Now you have the offense putting points on the board, and it makes the game a little different. You know, you're not, uh, you're not stopping the run. You're not gearing up just to stop the run, and then they hit you with a play action because you, you're playing from behind. When you play with the lead, it's a completely different game. You're able to pin your ears back, get after the quarterback, uh, play more aggressive, and I think that's the kind of defense this team wants to play. You know, you play with the cushion, play with a little bit of lead, and it makes things totally different. Uh, Jordan Jenkins is back in the lineup. Mm -hmm. Came up with a sack yesterday, setting the edge. I thought he was a physical force. You saw Brandon Copeland back in the lineup, and I think this defense is only going to get better because C.J. Mosley is nearing a return. What are your expectations for this group once 57 gets back? That is a four-time Pro Bowler, one of the top inside linebackers, if not the top inside linebacker in all of football. I mean, it's only going to get better. You know, when you have a player uh, of C.J. Mosley's caliber, to have him on the defense from a leadership standpoint, from a, a, a athleticism standpoint, uh, you know, he's a physical tackler. He does a good job in the pass game. And, and what they've done over these last couple of games is added depth. You know, they've got yeah. Cashman, they've got Neville Hewitt, all kinds of reps that they normally, wouldn't normally get, you know, if Avery Williamson or uh, C.J. Williams is, uh, is healthy. So they got more depth on the team. That's going to make them better. They're going to push one another. And it's over, overall, it's going to help out. We had Hewitt on the show last week. What do you make about what he's brought to this team in terms of being a physical presence on the inside and taking that responsibility head on, being the Mike linebacker? Because, again, we thought he was filling in just for Avery Williamson and not, not taking a shot at Avery, but 
when you're the weak side linebacker, maybe a little bit less responsibility in terms of being central command, even though you're helping out. Mike linebacker, you got to make sure everybody's on the same page. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, and it's also different when you're out there next to CJ Mosley. Yeah. You know, you're next to a guy who's calling the shots and, and running the show. Now, all of a sudden, you have to be the man running the show, and you have a rookie next to you. It's, it's a different game, you know, because you're responsible for him. You have to make sure your communication, make sure you're on the same page, and it's a different ball game. But I think Neville's done a great job. He was, he was excellent in pass coverage yesterday on, on Jason Witten on some vertical routes, uh, covering Zeke out, out of the backfield. I thought they both did a great job in there. And, yeah, I, mean, I mean, we keep saying it, but special teams played well. The offense made big plays, and the defense has played the same way they've been playing all year. The depth of the defensive line stands out to me. Kyle Phillips is undrafted free agent out of Tennessee. He had about seven tackles on Sunday. We mentioned Fadakasi and his development, and I can't wait to talk to Steve McLennan about it because I think McLennan is a great role model for some of these young guys Consider, considering his story. Undrafted free agent out of Troy, now he's 33 years old and he's still playing at a high level. Playing better than he, than he yeah. has in the past. I, I mean, you get better with age, and that just is a tribute to his professionalism, you know, working hard in the offseason, preparing his body, uh, reading the scouting report, understanding his opponent. You know, that all comes – the game kind of slows down as you get older, and I, and I think you're seeing Steve take advantage of that and, and really starting to play at the top of his game. Okay, so New England's up first, uh, and we're going to break down that matchup again here later on on Inside the Jets. But let's take a peek at the schedule, okay? Because after the Patriots, you're at Jacksonville. They're 2-4. and four. Then you go to Miami. They're 0-5. Then you're home to the Giants. They're two and four. Then you're at Washington. They're one and five. They just got their first victory over the aforementioned Miami Dolphins. Then you're at home to the Oakland Raiders, who are an improved bunch at three and two right now. At Cincinnati, 0 and six. And then home to Miami, 0 and five. That stretch of games, that's two, three, that's seven games combined, Mark, uh, those teams, eight and 31. The team that I saw on the field Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys is going to do some damage up ahead. I mean, the schedule does look very favorable, especially when you look at the first five games that they've, that they, first six games uh, that they're playing. Uh, and they have to be excited for that. But, you know, as a, as a young team, they have to remember that, you know, when you start having success, it doesn't breed success. It breeds complacency. So it's going to take the veteran players on the team to keep those players fired up, keep them motivated to go out there and dominate opponents. Don't beat yourself and, and play to your potential because if they don't do that, then they're going to lose more games. But if they do, then it's going to be a nice streak for the Jets. Yeah, and the Patriots are coming up next, and they just continue to win off to an undefeated start once again. I'm going to talk to Adam Gase about it when we the tape – for the Adam Gase Show, which airs Sunday mornings, the CBS, 1130, Shame, also on New York, that's that common Jets app. Shameless no, plug. No, plug. Got to put it out there. <laughs> but if I'm him, I throw out the game film in terms of offensively, unless I want to take a look at the Patriots' defense, because my offense is completely different now. Yeah, it is. A, it is a different offense. <laughs> you have different players out there on the field. Uh, so, I mean, although they've played in such a short span, it's two different teams, you know, and, and I think the Jets have matured a lot. They've learned from their mistakes, and they're continuing to grow. All right, well, Big Steve McClendon is here, and we're going to come right back with him. You are listening to Inside the Jets on ESPN New York. 
Le'Veon Bell Balone set back. Darnold takes the snap. Hand off Bell. Running left. Moves the pile. He's at the goal line. Is he in? Yes, he is. That's a Jet touchdown. Le'Veon Bell powers his way in. Welcome back to Inside the Jets. We are broadcasting live from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Eric Allen alongside Eric Coleman, our player guest segment is presented by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Now Steve McClendon joins us. Thank you so much for, for coming by. I got to say, it must have been an unbelievable weekend. You sign a contract extension on Saturday, then your team goes out and plays its most complete game of the season, and you get that first victory. Well, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you for having me on. And uh, it is very exciting weekend for me and my family as well. Um, we needed that first win. That that was a must for us. Um, we said it early in the week. Everybody, and I mean everybody, from the top to the bottom, prepare like we're going to win. Let's win this game way before we touch the field. Muhammad Ali said it best. Let's win the game way before we touch the field. And we did that. We won the game in the classroom. We won the game um, in walkthroughs. We won the game in practice. Then just the level of focus going throughout the week transpired over into the game. Uh, Steve, now you've had a lot of success in your career, but what was it like seeing those young guys celebrate after the game, after all the hard work that you guys have put in to see it pay off on Sunday? What was it like to see them get their first win? Oh, man, it's always exciting. It's always exciting to see somebody get their first win, especially the, the rookies in the NFL. Some of the guys come from winning programs. Like Quinnen, um, he's used to winning. Mm -hmm. So when he got that first one, man, he was just super excited. And like what I told him, I said, man, just understand, this game is still played the exact same. You've been playing it all your life, but you just have to remember what this, what this feeling feels like. I said, just stack days just like this. I said, man, don't look too far ahead. Do not get lost up into this win because it's not a Super Bowl. I said, man, this is just a win. And we're going to treat it as such, and we're going to move on and get ready for the next one. Steve, how did the extension all come about? Because you're playing at a high level. I talked to your head coach about you last week in a film review. He said, Steve looks like he's getting younger every time he's out there on game day. You're 33 years old. You could have played it out, maybe tested free agency, seen what kind of money you got out there, what kind of offers. But instead, you said, I like it here, and I want to come back. Right. Uh, for me, it's just when the coaching staff came in, I was already excited because they all called me and asked me to come back. You know, that's when you have a, a switch like that, most of the older guys are gone. And I understood that. I understand the business side of it. Um, and when they called me, and I was just excited. Uh, the contract, it caught me by surprise as well. <laughs> so um, I'm just coming in to do my job every single day. That doesn't change for me. Um, I, I, I harp on the three things uh, with the guys. I said, stay focused. Stay focused absolutely every day. That's my number one goal when I wake up in the morning. I say, stay focused. My second one is just say, stay driven. Understand why you're doing it. You know, just stay driven. Stay driven no matter what happens, no matter what the scoreboard says, no matter what the record, you stay driven. And understand the last part. You only have one life to live, man, and just live that to your best ability. Now, now, Steve, everybody, a lot of people are surprised at, uh, you know, the fact that you're getting older and you're continuing to play better. But those people probably didn't see your offseason workout. <laughs> I, I saw you pulling, pulling Mack trucks and pulling trucks across the parking lot. Can you talk about what you did in the offseason to prepare for this this year? Uh, so me and Greg talked before the season. I mean, before, before the season started. And, uh, you and Greg Williams? Yes. Okay. 
uh, me and him talked in the OTAs, and um, he asked me, how do I feel? And I was like, man, if I'm getting down to 310, going to keep me on the field, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm just going to do whatever it takes. And um, he said, we'll see. And I told him, I said, Greg, I'm going to get down. So what I started doing in the offseason, man, I just changed up everything. I changed up my diet. Um, I stopped eating candy. I stopped eating sweets. I stopped drinking Gatorade. So I just pretty much drink water, and, and I just do other things that have electrolytes in them. Mm -hmm. um, I just changed up every absolutely everything because I wanted to look better. I wanted to feel better. I wanted to be different, and I wanted to be more, not just for myself because I, when I train, I don't train with me in mind. I don't train with my family in mind. I train with my brothers in mind. Mm -hmm. These guys are who I'm going to battle with. I'm not going to battle with my family. You know, I'm going to battle with these guys every single day. So when I train, uh, now I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> my level of training is different from everyone else. Yeah. I train 12 hours a day. It's because it's my job. Like, I don't have to go to school. Um, my classwork is in the weight room. It's pulling trucks. Man, it, and I just said, if I beat my body down now, if I fail now, when it comes to the season, failure is not an option. So when I got into training camp this year and I was just, it's like, man, it's going to be something scary. How much better do you feel physically being 310? I mean, I feel a, a lot better. And I'm actually a lot stronger, a lot stronger. It's crazy how that works, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I take my head out to my nutritionist. I take my head out to to the whole jet staff, um, everybody that was a part of my new my new transformation. I mean, I, I, I tell them thank you all the time because without them and helping me continue to go forward, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at because, man, I, I listen very well. Um, I just want to be, be better and I also want to be more, not just for me, I want to be more for my team. Jet strength and conditioning coach Justice Gallick says that Steve McLennan lives down there inside the weight room at One Jets Drive. But <laughs> the when gym I, is always open. <laughs> it, it, yeah, and you ha your code always works. So whenever your playing career ends, because right now you're going in reverse order from most of the guys who start <laughs> off in the National Football League because you're getting better here in close to your mid-30s. You want to open up a gym, or you're opening up a gym yourself down in the South, aren't you? Yes, I have a gym in um, – in Georgia, in Flyer Branch, Georgia. It's called Team MVP. Okay. Um, the whole thing is an acronym. Um, it means together everyone achieves more McClendon Vision Performance. Um, we don't focus just – I put McClendon in it because it's my gym. But we don't focus on my vision. We focus on the vision of the athlete or the general population, whomever comes in, their vision, to help them perform at the best. And that's what it's all about. I mean, I look at it like this. I love what I do. I love to work out. Um, I love the results that come from it. And I want other people to experience the exact same feeling that I, I, I get every time I go in the weight room. So like today, we had big squat day. Yeah. You know what I did? I loaded it up. So, <laughs> and I got after it. You know, and, you know, the guys was looking at me. was like, man, you know, we just played a game. You squatting 600 after a game. I was like, man, this is what's keeping me going. Yeah. You know, and, and I will continue to do this. Even when I finish playing. I will continue to live. I will continue to run. I will continue to keep my body in shape because, simple fact, I want to live longer. 
And this is what it's all about for me. And, and so when you have a young guy looking at you like Quentin Williams, because I'm sure that he's probably looking at you like, man, I'm <laughs> sore. I just played my first game. And, and you over here squatting 600 pounds. What has it been like kind of bringing him along the way, uh, you know, from training camp, from the time he was drafted to now? I'm sure he looks up to you as a, as a big brother kind of figure. Uh, one thing about Quentin, he's a smart player. He knows the game of football. Um, well coached at Alabama. But it's, it's just not him. You know, all the young guys, Foley, Fatakazi, uh, Kyle, and Leo, because um, I'm the oldest guy in the room. So, I mean, all these guys listen. And when we walk in our room, it's just amazing the level of focus that these guys have every single day. We're going we're gonna to jump into more of this because <laughs> you have so much to add. We're keeping Big Steve on for a second segment, <laughs> and we'll be right back here. You are listening to Inside the Jets on ESPN New York. Slot left, Crowder in the slot. Robbie Anderson wide right. Play clock at five. Darnold, play action, drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for Anderson. He's got it at the 50, at the 40. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Ten, five, touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards, and the Jets have widened their lead. Inside the Jets is supported by Selective Insurance. Be uniquely insured. Steve McClendon is such a good guest. We're having him on for a second player segment presented by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Before we went to the break, Eric had asked you, Big Steve, about Quinnen. And you were talking about his approach. What, what do you like so far in terms of his work ethic and how he's trying to pick up the finer details of the game. Just, man, just the way he studied, the way he studied the film. Like I tell, I tell every guy, man, I want to see how hard you'll work, how hard you are willing to work. So I don't, I don't care about any of the other stuff. I said, I want to see how, if I can fight with you, if I can play with you in battle, you know. And so when he comes in, he was like, Steve, I saw this on film. I saw that on film. Um, this guy can do this. This guy can't do this. He was like, man, we can we can win with this. He was like, I think we need to stay away from this. And that's good to hear <laughs> coming from a rookie. Oh yeah. You know, that same thing I told Jamal and them, uh, him and uh, May when they first came in. Um, and same thing with Foley this year. He's doing the exact same thing. They come to me. So by the time they come to me, all I do is just look over my notes and that we're all pretty much already saying the same exact thing. So now I know the guys are prepared and ready to play. And how does that, we talked about during the break, you talked about Greg Williams and his accountability on the players. That kind of falls in line with your approach. How has that been uh, throughout the team on the defense? Uh, is it challenging everybody to be the best they can be? Yes, every single day. Um, the competition is always high, always. And we know this is a production business. So what Greg wants out of everybody, he wants everybody to produce. And how you produce is by your work ethic every single day. You study, um, you locked in, you mentally there. You living in the moment. Uh, do, not, do not look outside of what's going on now. Being where your feet are. And I think, like I said, for me, 
to see all these guys, every single guy, every single day to come in with a level of focus and willing and eager to win is, is better than any other feeling. Full of runs of Adekazi. Had four tackles against the Cowboys. You mentioned Kyle Phillips before. He was the only undrafted free agent to make this team. He had seven tackles against the Cowboys. Quinnen obviously gets a lot of attention, and rightfully so. But what can you say about those two guys, how they're helping you, that whole defensive line, the rotation? Uh, like I, I tell every guy, you're not a backup. Yeah. You're not a backup. Do not even prepare like a backup. I said you prepare like a starter because you never know when you become the starter. My uncle told me that many years ago. He said, if you prepare and have your mindset set to make the practice squad, that's what you're going to make. He said, if you if you prepare and have your mindset just to get on the 53-man roster, that's what you're going to do. He said, but if you prepare to be a starter and be great, that's exactly what you will become. So that's the same message that I have been giving to every young guy that come in this building. And so, Steve, uh, listen, I know on the defense you got your own um, set of problems. You have, you know, the, the Cowboys offense you have to worry about, uh, Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott, offensive line. But what does it do for your confidence as a defender when you look over and see 14 throwing the ball, suited up in a uniform? What does that do for the morale of the defense? Man, it's always good just to see your starting quarterback back. And, and – like I told everybody else, the guys, I was like, listen to this, man. The only reason why it's so good to have him back is because he's been with us through OTAs. He's been with us through minicamp. He's been with us through training camp. You know, the other guys that came in and had to play, some, some of the guys weren't, weren't here. Mm -hmm. You know, so we didn't know what they could do. So what we had our mindset set on every single week is score on defense. Man, you still can win a game. Yep. I mean, like I tell the guys every single Sunday or Monday, I said, man, they put on their pads just like we do. They tie up their shoes just like we do. They go home and hug their family and kiss their kids just like we do. I said, they're no different from us. So why, why be intimidated or scared or nervous about anything? I said, man, you have the same, you have the same right to win this game that, that, that they do. Absolutely. I said, so go out there and prove it. And that's what our defense has been trying to do. What do you guys have to do against the Patriots? You just saw them a couple of weeks ago. This is a very unique situation, very familiar with each other. But with that being said, it's not many times in the National Football League where you play the same opponent twice in less than a month. All right. Uh, so I look at it like this. Everybody know who the Patriots are. Yeah. Patriots play fast. They play hard. But most of all, they play smart. Mm -hmm. Um since I've been studying the game, those are three things that I write down absolutely every day. Play fast, play hard, play smart. The, the smartest team will win. It's not about the most physical team because you can beat them up physically, but all they're going to do is wait for you to make one mistake, and they're going to capitalize off of it. So what we have to do, we have to play complementary football, all three phases, and just play smart. Whatever our game plan is, stick to it and execute it to the best of our abilities. So what is it about your, your approach in practice that helps instill that in the young players? Because I, I know as a young player, you get excited, you know, to play against Tom Brady. You get excited to go and, uh, you know, to play in front of your home crowd. Uh, you're playing in the NFL. How do you keep the young guys focused on their responsibility, staying in the moment, and executing their game plan? Like you said, staying in the moment. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm letting them know this moment is no different from the last. 
we understand that this is a Hall of Fame quarterback in waiting. We understand that. Mm-hmm. I understand it. But it doesn't change. If you understand what your main goal is, no matter who comes and try to knock you off that track, you just keep going through it. Obstacles going to come in life. That's the same thing with this game. It's an obstacle, and that's just the next one that's up. I, I, don't, I don't get too high about the team we play. I don't ever get too low. I try to stay at even flow because, simple fact, man, I know these guys are no different from me. How much can you build off not just the victory but the way you guys gutted out the victory? You took the lead. You got off to a quick start. You had, held them at bay, and then you had to face some adversity in the second half. And your head coach said, we needed that. We needed to go through that. And, and it was like another step in our evolution. I just say clean up some things. Yeah? Clean up some things. Um, me, personally, I take the run game seriously. So, you know, we gave up, uh, I want to say, like 117 yards to um, to Zeke. Yep. Every 117 yard were earned. We didn't give him anything. No. no but the, the things, when we went back and looked over film today, it was like, man, we if we just did our job, perfect. Not We know this game is not played by perfect men. Perfect men don't play this game. We understand that. I said, but if we just do our job 90% of the time, he probably wouldn't even got 50 yards. No. Just by being where we're supposed to be. And that's what you said, like staying in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, some guys was just, just, just peeking here, peeking there. And I just look at it like this. Going forward, just play a clean game. Complimentary football, three phases, play fast, play hard, play smart together for longer. Okay, so if anyone at home wanted to know why this guy is one of the Jets' six captains, you can play this back a couple times because <laughs> Steve McClendon provides the perspective and the knowledge that helps out so much inside the Jets' locker room. Congratulations Number one, on the extension. Number two, on getting the first win of the year. And continued success to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. We're going to come right back. You're listening to Inside the Jets on ESPN New York. Shotgun for Prescott. Zeke Elliott to his left. Jets with Elliott now motioning to the left. Come with the blitz. Prescott off his back foot. End zone. Incomplete. He threw it at the feet of Witten. And the Jets get the stop on the two-point play. Welcome back to Inside the Jets. We're broadcasting live from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Jets reward members. Don't forget to enter the code FLAG, F-L-A-G, in your Jet Rewards portal during the show to earn 100 points. Jets reward members, don't forget to enter the code FLAG. Well, E, heck of a segment when big Steve McLennan comes by. What a leader. He always provides the proper perspective. Just he soaks in every minute of life and takes advantage of every second he has. He really does. <laughs> and you, you understand why the team wanted to extend him and keep him around all these, all these young players because he's a great example of a professional both on and off the field. Uh, he, he sets the tone. He gives them, like, as you mentioned, he gives them perspective on the game, on how to uh, prepare for the game, the outlook of, of the game plan. And, and it just rubs off with the rest of the team. And I think he's a big part of why they're having so much success on the defensive side of the ball. 
It was fascinating to me when, and actually a break when he talked about, you know, well, actually he said on air, there's two things. He says on air that the new coaching staff, they called me and said, we want you to be part of this, Adam Gase, Greg Williams and company, because a lot of new coaching staffs are going to look at a 32-year-old defensive lineman and say, nah, we're moving on. I got to get my guys in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, that does happen a lot. Where coaches will have their guys that they coach, you know, from from the other organization. They may want to bring them in to to set the tone. But I, I think that his reputation is known around this league and respected. And I think some of the leaders on this team were like, "Listen, McClendon is our guy. He he's the, the not only the vocal leader, but he sets the tone. He shows it. He comes to practice every day." I mean, you, if you go look at his social media, you can see him pulling trucks. You know, he, he's, he's dedicated. He's, you know, he's spiritual. You know, and he, he's a really positive, uh, positive attitude in that locker room as well. So he was telling me that it, one of the things Greg Williams told him, he said, listen, I know you've been two-gapping in the past, and you've been the big nose tackle, and you're setting it up for the guys behind you. But, yeah, sure, you're still going to do some two-gapping, but I want you going up the field. Yeah. You're just not holding up. You're not holding guys up. You're getting after. Yeah, I mean, and that's a, a big difference. I mean, you play a 3-4 defense. You're used to taking on two offensive linemen, holding your ground, and letting the, letting the linebackers pick up and make the plays behind you. In, in this defense, he wanted them to lose some weight, mm -hmm. be more athletic, uh, be more durable and, and agile. And Steve took on that challenge, and you're starting to see the, the, the rewards of him making that commitment, losing weight, playing within this defense. He's wreaking all kinds of havoc in, in, other po in other teams' backfields. So now the Jets feel good about themselves for 24 hours. you got to turn the page. Monday Night Football, the New England Patriots. If the Jets, and I'm not saying they're going to do this, but if the Jets could pull out a win at MetLife Stadium, because I don't think this Patriots team is going to go undefeated, okay? They're going to lose sometime in the regular season. And in fact, I think they'll probably lose a couple games, two, three games, whatever. We'll see what happens. You never know what happens uh, regarding injuries. What would it mean for them going forward after we talked about what's on the horizon for this team and their schedule? I mean, it would be a huge confidence boost, you know, understanding if with all, all of our key components, if we believe in the coaches, play within the game plan, then we can beat anybody because the Patriots being undefeated right now, uh, you know, they're at the top of the mountain. But they are beatable. You know, as Steve said, if they don't make mistakes, play within the scheme, uh, make plays when you're called upon, stay, you know, play within your role, the Jets can win this game. And I don't think they're afraid of the Patriots coming in here. I mean, you look at the last time they played the Patriots, Luke Falk was coming off a of practice squad. You know, signed off practice squad Friday or the week before Friday and, and starts against one of the best defenses in the league. You know, he struggled. Sam Darnold is not going to – he's not going to flinch. No. And I'm not – that's no, no fault to Luke Falk. You know, there's just a reason why Sam Darnold was the number three pick in the draft, why he was the starting quarterback for this team. And I think you're starting to see that, you know, especially when you look at last week's film. You know, he's getting the ball out quick. He's accurate. He's confident. He's leading the team. And that's because they trust him because of all the work he's put in. Patriots defense, number one in scoring, giving up about eight points a game. Number one in – in total yards allowed, number two in pass defense, number three in rush defense, Patriots offense, number one in the National Football League in scoring at almost 32 points a game, number nine total. And for all the talk about 
Tom Brady slowing down a little bit and still a top five passing offense in the National Football League. Yeah, I mean, to me, that sounds like a, a great setup for an upset, you know, <laughs> for the rest of the for the rest of the world. Uh, you know, the, the top team, they're they're playing great football all around special teams, offense, defense. The Jets can play the, the Jets can play with them any week. You know, I think that, you know, as you get Chris Herndon back, you start to get these key components back and you play within yourselves. I wouldn't be afraid. Okay, so Greg Williams, what's the defensive game plan this week? You still got Julian Edelman there, James White coming out of the backfield. Brady loves to go to him, Josh Gordon, Philip Dorsett. I don't know about the injury status of Rex Burkhead, but Edelman is the guy where it all starts. Yeah, it does. And Edelman does a great job of working the middle of the field. And you know, when you play man-to-man -man coverage, it's very difficult to guard someone from the slot who can run across the field away from all your leverage, away from your help. Can it's, you bracket him? You can bracket him. And, and you can play what they call a one-hole coverage where you play cover one. Everyone is man-to-man -man with the free safety in the middle. Okay. And then there's also a free linebacker in the middle who's a low-hole player. You have the low-hole player and the high-hole player. The low-hole player takes, takes all crossers. You know, you can have a linebacker, someone athletic like a cashman, who can pick him up. Because when you play one man-to-man uh, -man coverage, you're outside leverage. So when he runs away from you, you need someone to help you inside. So I, I think they're going to have to mix up some coverages, throw some zones in because, you know, let, let Edelman run to the defenders and then also heat him up. Get the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. Blitz to keep James White in the backfield so he's not able to get out and, and catch the ball because he's such a great receiver coming out of that backfield. I love this, man. You sound like you're ready. <laughs> I'm ready. You got, you got the advanced scouting report. Oh, you no. know what? You just, you just watch film and, and you watch the, the Patriots, and they've done the same thing for, throughout the years. You know, what they do is they go, they, they're going to look at all the Jets' film. They're going to see the big plays that they gave up, and they're going to install them in the game plan. So another part of it is the Jets are going to have to look back at all their mistakes and, and correct them, immediately correct them this week in practice because they will see them on Monday night. Well, heck of a show. We'll, we'll see what happens Monday night. We'll be back here at Vanderbilt next Tuesday. Thanks for listening to Inside the Jets. <laughs>